We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, Go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. With summer coming up, we principals have a unique opportunity to get a lot of work done with no students and few teachers. If you want to learn a goal-setting program that makes your goals come to life, go to transformativeprincipal.org and sign up for the email newsletter and get my goal-setting framework that helps me accomplish a lot in a little bit of time. Welcome to Transformative Principal, where we interview great educational leaders to help you become the best leader that you can. Today, I am grateful to be talking with Brad Spearson of Participate Learning, participate.com. Somebody told me about this cool way to do chats, and I checked it out, and then I connected with him and said, you need to uh, come be on the podcast because what you're doing over at participate.com is awesome. And Brad, that's a brief introduction. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to throw in there? Uh, no, well, I very much appreciate being here. I'm sure you're going to learn a lot more about participate, learn about me throughout the conversation. You know, participate is a brand has been around since October, but previously we were known as Apple Learning and originally known as Applelicious. So many of your listeners may have enjoyed uh, a number of things that we've done over the years, and I'm really thrilled to be speaking with you about Participate Chats and everything else that we're doing in the realm of digital resource discovery, curation, and collaboration. 
Yeah, so very cool. So I spoke about a very small part of what you do, which is the participate chats. And that was what really got me pulled in to learn more about you and your company. And what was cool was I've been participating in chats for a while. And for a time, I kind of backed off of doing chats, partly because I moved to Alaska and the time frame is wonky. And so I'm usually busy with school when most chats are going on. But the second reason was that it was just so hard for me to pay attention and follow along with things that I just, it became overwhelming. And I know for other people that has been an issue as well. And the participate chats for Twitter that you do is makes it so that it's organized and things stay in a good flow. Can you talk a little bit about why you started participate chats specifically and what your goal is for that? Sure thing. So as you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, any given day or really evening, there are 30, 40, 50 more, you know, pretty like serious regimented Twitter conversations, anything from uh, educators in Alaska to first grade teachers to science to learning disabilities. And I think what we've seen over the last, I think really five, six years, I think EdChat and SatChat and some of the, some of the early ones is, you know, Twitter obviously is a phenomenal way to meet new people and expand your personal learning network and, you know, really get involved with conversations that you otherwise weren't really able to. That's the notion of Twitter. In terms of having conversations, particularly live conversations in a chat format, you know, I think I think there's evidence that there's a really strong demand, but we didn't really think that chats after participating in a number of them ourselves and being asked to moderate and everything else, were the best way to actually have a conversation, particularly if your conversation is around resources, digital resources. You know, I should I be using these videos or websites or OER or apps for, you know, planning this unit or everything else. And you have a chat, but you know, there's a lot of noise, a lot of flurries, a lot of trying to figure out what question you're on. And, you know, people share this link, but then you go back to Twitter or TweetDeck or, or whatever. And it's really hard to harness all of the contributions and insight that, you know, so many smart people are, are, are doing when, when they're devoting their time to chats or following along. So we thought that there was a way to, frankly, chat differently uh, on Twitter and, and really through through other social platforms. I mean, a different, more productive way to have conversations. So we created, you know, you can find it at participate.com forward slash chats. I'll get to other things to participate does as well. You know, for starters, if you're trying to find a chat that interests you, we have a, we have a directory, a calendar grid that points you based on whatever time zone you're in and gives you times and dates of live chats happening, hundreds of them that we have listed. And you then say, I want to, to go into fourth chat on Monday nights for fourth grade teachers as an example. And you go to that page, you can do at that page everything that you could do with any other Twitter client. You could obviously follow along to see what people are talking about. You could tweet, you could reply, you can forward, uh, you have real-time notifications. But, you know, a couple of key differentiators that you can only get with us is a feed of all the resources that are shared uh, in a given chat, including the ability to create a collection, those resources and annotate and rearrange and, you know, share 
with your colleagues, with your school, with your personal learning network. We also have a way, you know, particularly useful for any chat that is structured around the, I'll call it traditional, even though a lot of this technology is only years old, Q1, A1 format, right? So you're on, let's say, Twitter or TweetDeck and, and, you know, the moderator asks a question and then sometimes that question is being retweeted and you're answering and you do the A1 around the answer. And we found it, I found it hard to follow. And I've been not only in education, but in technology and media for you know close to 20 years now. And it, it was it was tough for me to, to really understand, okay, what question am I on? Who am I? Tra- like, so we're trying to slow down the conversation and make it more orderly in terms of there's a new column. We know the moderator. Moderator asks a question. That question is persistent while it's being asked. And all of the answers associated with that question uh, follow in line beneath that. So you have the option of seeing things in the raw feed. You have the option of a Q&A environment. You could see all the resources that are being shared as well as all the participants and who the moderators are in real time, all on one page, which we think is really useful, not only for the hardcores like you, me, and a lot of your listeners, but new teachers that might think that Twitter is really a way to follow what the Kardashians are doing or you know, don't really associate Twitter with being as powerful of a tool as it is for professional development, for resource discovery, for collaboration, and giving them much easier way to enter into this new world. And oh, by the way, when the chat is over, we make it really easy to create a collection of every resource that was shared as well as a transcript in either Q&A or live feed format. So if you missed a conversation or want to relive it, uh, you could do it right there in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And let's talk about before you get there, though, because that is really amazing. Just the actual what you're doing during the chat is definitely worth participating in. And then when you add in these other features that make it what you can do after the chat that's where I think some real power comes in. So for me, just just using participate for chats has been so much better. I used to tell everybody you need to use TweetDeck. That's the only way you're going to pay be able to keep track. Now I'm telling everybody you should only use participate because it makes it so much easier to be able to see what is going on. And then after the fact, there's more that you can do. So one of the cool things that you can do is you can create a collection. I'll let you talk a little bit about what those are, but you can create a time period based selection. So at the end of the 60 minutes, you say create a collection from everything that was just shared in the last 60 minutes. And that's like magic to me. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Talk about those collections and, and how powerful those are. Sure. And this is uh, one component of collections. I'll talk about chat collections and then uh, we'll get to other ways you can make collections with participate learning. So yeah, that's, you know, so, so most chats last an hour, uh, some a half hour and, you know, there's give or take before and after. And in the average hour chat, there are probably 25 to 50 like significant and useful resources. Again, whether they're websites or videos or links to blog posts that you should explore or OER resources, whatever, whatever the case may be. Someone's tweeting and referencing, here's a great tool for this particular conversation on teaching students with dyslexia or uh, formative assessment or uh, numeracy, whatever the case may be, right? So a chat is typically involved in uh, revolving around a certain theme. And you have, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of teachers sharing things in that period 
period of time. And what we've done with the resource feed and then the ability to create a collection from everything shared in that chat in that time period is make it really easy to then go back and say, okay, here is just a page of all of the resources that were shared in that conversation. On that page, you know, if there's if there are resources that are not relevant or uh, to you, you can quickly you know delete and, and clean out the noise. You could annotate and write descriptions as to how you might want to use this resource in your classroom. You can invite others. You could add other resources. You might be just wrapping up a chat on global learning, and you have other resources that you want to include to that collection that you could you could add and upload, or you can even invite other collaborators, other teachers to add their own picks. So what we're doing again is, is harnessing all of the, the value and the insight from a chat and making it really easy to go back and see what was shared, use what was shared and share with others. Yeah. It's such a powerful way to keep track of all that stuff and keep it organized. What are some of the things that you've seen people do with these chats that are remarkable to you, how how have you seen your tool being used to help other people participate in those chats more beneficially? So, a, a couple of different ways, and we're seeing schools and districts come to us and ask. You know, they have a hashtag. Uh, it might be around a, a weekly chat that they do. You know, combined with an initiative that they have that is devoted to you know onboarding teachers new to Twitter to Twitter, as well as kind of developing a, a, an easier way to, to, to curate all of these resources that we're discussing. So there's a district, the, the, the Billings, Montana uh, School District, a couple of weeks ago started essentially like a six-week chat. So every Tuesday at, I think, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 100-plus teachers from the district get together, and they have a chat, and they start sharing resources. But in between those periods, it's also a, a slow chat, so to speak. So it's like having a dial tone, this, this always on conversation that TweetDeck and Twitter is not really constructed, not just because of the resources, but, you know, it's hard to kind of follow along in bursts of, you know, an hour sprint and then, you know, six, seven days of, you know, a lot of meaningful conversation, but, but it's hard to really capture into one setting and, and, and kind of organize. So we're seeing increasingly schools using this as a platform to, get more people involved in Twitter, make it easier to have a wider set of resources being shared internally, uh, or at least to whoever wants to uh, refer to that hashtag. And, you know, we're seeing there's a lot of chats devoted to teachers kind of new to Twitter and not really knowing where to begin. And we are uh, serving as a great onboarding mechanism where, you know what, you could show up to a, a website. Yes, you, you need to have a Twitter account and, and, you know, a free participate learning account, which takes seconds, but it's so much easier to kind of introduce people because they can, they could see the conversation in sequential form. And, uh, we're really delighted to, to not only be a platform for power users, but also is a way to, you know, the 90% of other teachers out there in the world that ha haven't understood the power of Twitter and really be a great showcase that all of that power and potential. Yeah, that's a really neat thing that you can be a brand new user and get benefit, or you can be an experienced user and get benefit also. 
Thank you so much for listening. I learn a ton from doing this podcast, and I know you do too. If you'd like to support me in this, you can become a patron through Patreon, and that would mean the world to me. You can support me for as little as a dollar a month, but anyone who supports me for $5 a month or more will get the Transformative Principle members-only feed, which releases the interviews as I record them rather than on a weekly schedule. If you've binge listened to any of the past episodes of this podcast, this is for you. And I know you're going to love it. So you're going to learn as quickly as I learn. And I thank you for supporting me. To become a patron, just go to transformativeprinciple.org. And on the right-hand side, there will be a little button that says become a patron. You can click on that and support me. Thank you so much for your support. So let's talk a little bit about how this is, as far as I have been able to tell, this is only focused on education. So you're not doing this for every chat out there, but there are plenty of education-focused people that are making, creating, talking about things, and you're just focused on education. Is that right? Correct. Correct. You know, primarily pre-K through 12 education, uh, special education, standardized testing, is our sweet spot. And this is really, you know, when, when we started Apple Learning three years ago and, and Participate uh, Learning is an extension of that, you know, our first mission was, you know, before we even got into chats or curation or collaboration was to work with teachers, uh, experts that, that we would pay because they were the most knowledgeable people in their building and in their regions to first identify the best of the best resources, you know, for every grade level, across multiple platforms, whether it's web, video, iOS, Android, Chrome, OER, you name it. And, you know, before we even got into that stuff, we developed uh, thousands and thousands of reviews with pretty specific, you know, report guards based on evaluation rubrics that, that we developed alongside, you know, some, some friends of ours that are really influential teachers. Uh, folks on Twitter, you know, uh, Lucy Gray, who goes by LMNS, uh uh, Monica Burns, Class Tech Tips, Julene Reed, Keith George, a lot of teachers that we worked with early on to really identify what constitutes a powerful digital resource for learning, write about it within the context of every grade level. So we, would, we, we might review the same resource multiple times, but in one case it could be for you know second grade numeracy, and another case it could be for fourth grade grade fractions or, or, or whatever the case may be, we had a you know, very large database in which we then made it possible for anyone to come to the website, applelearningnowparticipate.com, and you can do that. So there, and search via natural language keyword or browse by grade level, by subject, by common core standard. Every resource that we reviewed, we tagged for common core. So this is an extremely long way of, of answering, yes, we are a uh, exclusive to education, but we also, in addition to all the chat functionality that we discussed, have this base where if you're looking for a resource for a particular subject, we are a great way to find that and show you why the teachers that we work with think it's important and are completely transparent in our uh, evaluation process. Well, good. You answered my next question also. Very good job. <laughs> I was going to ask you to talk more about <laughs> how you determine that things are good and basically if I if I understood you right, you have expert teachers who are the ones who are saying, yes, this is good, this is good, and putting their seal of approval on it with a transparent process to be able to do that. Yeah, we show our work. You know, so, so our evaluation rubric is predicated on educational content and efficacy. 
features and production value uh, and usability. And for each resource that we have expertly reviewed, we show the report card. We show why we score things in a given way. And we think that's critical because, as we all know, a lot of reviews are done by developers or they're done by, you don't necessarily, if you don't know where the review comes from or the source, it's hard to trust how valid the review is. And we obviously thought it was essential to require that type of context and transparency. Yeah, I think that's very cool. So I just picked a person at random, Megan Samarin, and yep. looked at all the stuff that she has, all the collections she has and the reviews that she's left on different things. And, you know, I just think that that's a great way to say, here's a real person, here's what they find valuable. And then, as you said, this this is even bigger than that, that this can be a a social network of sorts of you can go in and follow these people and join, follow their collections and things like that. Talk a little bit about the idea of this as a social network. Sure, sure. So obviously making it easier to participate in Twitter, you know, has a lot of characteristics of a, of a social network. And uh, so you see chats and, you know, I, det- I talked about search and all the resources that we have available, not just picked by experts that, that we've paid over the years to identify, but also anybody can come to participate, quickly create a profile and start collecting and making collections based on their own interests, right? So we wanted to make sure that we had a base of every grade level and you know all of the major common core national standards. But beyond that, we have a, a collection creation component where anyone can come create a profile, start collecting either from resources that they find to participate or resources that they add via a URL and and really any URL addressable resource we can accommodate or files that they upload. And the, your profile is predicated on what you say about yourself as well as the types of collections that you make. And then the, the real social component is allowing you to collaborate with other educators as you're building your collection. So I talked about the collection that comes from a Twitter chat. You can you could sit down and create a collection on the science behind roller coasters or Eleanor Roosevelt or whatever whatever the case may be. And you might have half a dozen resources in mind and, and uh, you create an introduction and you talk about why these are important. But you know that, that someone that you either met in a chat or a conference or down the hall from you is really, really an expert in that subject area, you can very simply, if they're on participate right now, you can, you can basically click a tab that says collaborate and find them pretty quickly. Or if they're not, you can send them an email just as you would send an email to somebody that you invite into a Google document. And instantly they can start sharing and creating, sharing resources and, and helping you build your collections. And that's not limited to one person. That could be limited, you know, that, that could be dozens and dozens of people. We see a lot of this crowdsourced at conferences and that component of, of collaborating around discovering and the use of resources within an educational setting is what our mission is and marrying that with what's happening in Twitter and of course making it easier to do so on participate than on Twitter is how we are going about doing that. Yeah, very cool. There's so much in there already. And you said you've only that participate learning has only been around since October, 
right? Yes, sir. And it was, you know, but a lot of the, a lot of the work was done with Apple learning, uh, which started in, uh, 2013, but yes. So, so participate itself, uh, launched in October of 2015. Yeah. So it's just very deep. There's so much in there that you can, that you can go and find. So, you know, the other day I was looking for something about how do we get our kids to meet the speaking and listening standards in the uh, new core standards and was able to find some apps and resources that could help with that. And some of them I already knew about, but it was very easy for me to add this collection. And then it's easy to share those resources with with your teachers so that I don't have to know all of them or do all of them, but I can just start to vet something and say, well, this person that I trust believes these are good apps for this. So I can freely share these and let my teachers choose any one of those. And that kind of opportunity is, is really good for me who, you know, may not know much about certain things, but certain content areas, but I want to find someone who does know something and share those resources, not just go do a search on Twitter for speaking and listening. You could get all kinds of different things. So I like that, uh, that set up there. That's the key, right? I mean, there are, as you know, just, just paying so much attention to this as you do. I mean, there are so many enormously beneficial resources, particularly around current events, you know, and, and you know, science or uh, current events, obviously, you know, where so many great things are being shared uh, and developed to put into context what we're seeing in the world around us. But having some sort of organizing structure as well as a way to quickly identify who in your own personal learning network has used something, embedded something, and then having them share that with you or following collections that they've made to, to kind of keep tabs on things and as well as additional resources that they add is, you know, a really useful way to, to take advantage of all of this that's happening around us right now. Yeah, absolutely. So the last question I ask everybody on the show is, what is one thing that a principal can do starting this week to become a transformative principal? I think becoming a transformative principal is a kind of a everyday undertaking where there's probably more than one thing and it's probably more every moment uh, than every day or in any given week. I think it's obviously not only having a growth mindset, but empowering Everyone in your building, teachers, students, staff members, parents, to understand that the world is changing around us. And there are different ways that we are accessing information, absorbing information, and using that information to learn. And uh, also technology to, to, that really personalizes the learning experience and helps teachers create custom learning environments based on where their students are at any given point in time. It's really difficult. You know, it it moves pretty quickly. So the ability to take a step back and provide some kind of organizing structure in terms of where do I begin? Where do I find this stuff? Who are people that I respect that are relevant to whatever we're teaching in my building? and, And how can I make sure that my colleagues, my educators in my building are tapping into their insight and wisdom is is a continual and perpetual undertaking that I think uh, principals and really 
everyone within the realm of education needs to be uh, thinking about all the time. Wow. Great answer. Thank you so much, Brad, for being on the podcast. How can people get in touch with you and learn more from you? Sure. Uh, obviously, uh, Participate Learning is at participate.com. You can find us at uh, Participate Learn, L-R-N, at Twitter. I'm Brad at participate.com via email. And you could, you could also follow me on Twitter at at Spirison, S-P-I-R-R-I-S-O-N. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle today. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this and please share it with your other principal colleagues so that they can learn from it as well. Also, if you are interested in joining the mastermind, go to transformativeprinciple.org slash mastermind, and we'll be opening that up again in June of this year. So thank you so much for those who are part of that, and it's been a great learning experience so far. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.